Noteworthy Weekly, delivering the best of humanity every Saturday. Here's your hosts, Allison Rosen and Todd Perry. Hello, everybody. It's the Upworthy Weekly Podcast, and I'm Todd Perry, a staff writer at Upworthy. And with me is the great Allison Rosen. You know her from the super popular podcast, Allison Rosen is Your New Best Friend. Hello. And on today... How goes it? Well, it goes, it goes <laughs> well. I mean, on today's show, we're going to talk about some of the most popular and engaging stories from the week of November 14th through the 18th. But Allison, before we get into that, I don't know if you know the news that came out today that's really going to affect Thanksgiving. Um, I don't I don't know the and I like to think of myself as someone who uh knows the news, delivers some of the news, sometimes as a news maker and breaker, but now you're delivering news to me. I don't know the news. So I saw this morning, this is sad. I'm not I'm not trying to joke about this, but oh. it, uh oh. But okay, so you know Al Roker from NBC, the Today Show. Yes. Yeah. Everybody knows Al Roker, right? And yeah. to me, Al Roker is synonymous with Thanksgiving. Okay. You know, like because every Thanksgiving, my wife always puts on the Macy's Holiday, you know, big balloon parade or whatever. I sure. I love that parade. Wait, did he? Do, is is Al Roker still among us? Yes. Well, at first I saw he was okay. he was trending on Twitter, and I thought. Oh no. I know. Oh no. And anytime anything trends on Twitter, that's my first thought. Yeah. But well, I well, I, Rip Twitter was uh trending and it, it didn't go yeah. anywhere, strangely. But so <laughs> Al Roker's in the hospital cuz he had like blood clots. So he's going to be okay, mm. but I don't think he's going to be there for Thanksgiving. So I don't know if Thanksgiving's going to exist if I don't see Al Roker standing out in front of a Macy's going, "And now the cast of Wicked you know, performing some song yeah. from Wicked or the Jersey Boys or what, whatever's going on at the right. Macy's Holiday Parade. And I used to text with my buddy, Mark, who would be in England. I'd be like, you're missing Al Roker right now because it's not Thanksgiving mm-hmm. without Al Roker. So I'm just saying if we can send some good juju to him, whatever we're doing to get Al Roker back on the street for Thanksgiving. So that you can enjoy your Macy's Thanksgiving Parade. That's right. Let's do it. Okay. Like, you know, I'm sending good thoughts to Al Roker in the hospital. Or if you're one of his caretakers in the hospital, if you're a nurse, mm-hmm. uh, candy striper, whatever, what you could do is with the, this is what they do in the NFL. Like a guy gets injured, goes out to the tunnel, and then comes back miraculously fine. It's because they give him what's called Toradol, where it's just like, oh, yeah. Yeah. It, you just, your whole body goes numb and you can go and get hit by 300 pound people again. So I'm just saying. NBC, mm. I say you you inject Al Roker with some Toradol. Toradol. Get him out there. Just all you only got mm-hmm. it. You only need him for like two and a half hours, right? Right. Todd needs him. Yeah. So Todd needs Roker. Hashtag. Todd needs Roker. Also in the news uh, was some news earlier. You're saying that you're a newsmaker, Allison. <laughs> I like to think of myself as such, yes. Well, your husband was making some news on my Instagram feed this week. Oh, yes. Mm, he's on a mission. He had a controversial take. Now, I, I want to know what our listeners think about this. So, obviously, Please. Upworthy Weekly at Upworthy.com is the email. Uh, hit us up on Twitter, at Todd A. Perry. That's Todd with one D. And at Allison Rosen, Allison with one L. Yeah. So, Daniel was saying that we should replace pumpkin pie on Thanksgiving with bread pudding. Uh, yes. He is <clears throat> on a mission to make bread pudding the official dessert of Thanksgiving. Already, I know we've lost people, but we've also gained people. It's like surprise. This was by far the most, we talk about the most engaging stories. This was my most engaging reel on Instagram. I was surprised. It was a very ridiculous reel, I thought, a ridiculous post. So I just put it up thinking, this is silly. And then, like, tons of people weighed in. He wants to replace pumpkin pie and pecan pie with bread pudding. And he claims that he's talked about this 
This has been confirmed by other people. They're like, yes, we've heard about him talk about it on the show. He's going to make it this year because he's got, he says he needs to kick it off because you can't just head to Costco and say, I'm here for my Thanksgiving bread pudding. So he's going to start it off. And then in 50 years, they'll tell the story of how he did this. Uh, and, you know, before long, this, it'll be the traditional Thanksgiving bread pudding. Now, the argument against it is there's already enough starchy things happening, but I don't know. I I was shocked. I was shocked how many people are like Daniel for president, throwing, figuratively hoisting him up on their shoulders, celebrating him, lionizing him. I think if I were cool with it, they would want to husband him up. Mm. Like... Mm. People are people want to steal him from me, you know, it, and have at it. In in fifty years, it's gonna be like before he met his demise, being hit by an anvil. This guy, yeah, bro- unfortunately, broke Thanksgiving, and then mm-hmm. built it up into something beautiful. You know, here's my thing. Exactly. I, I I say nay to your point you were making about the uh, it being too starchy because pumpkin yeah. is a starchy type of thing right um right so yes and, and i like bread pudding the only problem with bread pudding is you know there's always the pie to attendee ratio at my thanksgivings usually it's like way too much pie for the amount of people that are over so there's mm-hmm. a couple pies that are going to sit out there on the shelf for a couple days and now bread pudding has a very small shelf life because it becomes soppy, and then eventually the bread deteriorates. I mean, you'd have to get a really crusty, like Parisian chunk of bread. Like you need, right. you need that bread that the guys trying to brioche. Yeah, yes. Try, they can't quite try to go through a doorway. Yeah, like the Charlie Brown can't make through a doorway French bread. You're gonna need something yes. as hard as that, or else you know what? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. By that Friday morning, your bread pudding is, you know, it's it's just gonna be mush. sop mush bread mush. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you need the crusty. You need some. You need a French mime is riding his bike down a narrow Parisian alley, ringing his bicycle bell with a baguette mm-hmm. bread pudding. And I don't know if we have time to send to Paris. Yeah. So that's that's my only thing is that, that should be considered. I've always right. pushed the idea that similar to the pumpkin pie. And a very kind of fall food would be, uh, I really, really love sweet potato pie, which I feel Mm, is superior to the pumpkin pie uh, in texture and flavor. And if done right, you know, you get a little bit crispy on top. They get the like sugar, it's kind of crispy on top. And then you get the the pie in the middle with a lot of ginger. And I think that to me, I, I prefer to the pumpkin pie. But, you know, a lot of people don't like sweet potato pie, which is weird. Some someone in the comments went a little and I like I feel like saying this is almost like uh saying Voldemort, which you're not supposed to I don't even I'm not even familiar with the whole Harry Potter thing, but you're not supposed to say Voldemort, right? Mm. I feel like I'm like by in, by intoning I feel like someone went a little QAnon in my comments because mm. they're like, pumpkin pie? It's not even pumpkin pie. And I was like, what conspiracy are you referring to here? Are they suggesting that all pumpkin pies are actually sweet potato pie? Or is there some like big pumpkin conspiracy? I don't know. I don't know if I've had sweet potato pie. I feel like I would like it, though. I like, I, I'm a big yam, I'm a real yam head. Uh, you're a yammer. <laughs> I'm a <laughs> classic yammer. No, is Alice yeah, Wilson? I like you. Yeah. I, there she goes. What's that smell? It's I I don't I don't know where I'm going with this joke. I think I was trying to suggest I smell like yams and I don't even want to say that. Um yeah, I think I would like that. What's your uh Oh my god. I'm all over the place. I want to ask your your Thanksgiving dessert ranking, but I need to just quickly tell you. And it pains me to tell you this, but I'm an honest person, so I have to tell oh, you. No. In the car, you, no, 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 it's not going to, It's you're going to feel good about oh, it. Oh, good, okay. Yeah, I'm going to feel bad. It's the constancy of Allison. <laughs> <laughs> Let everyone know, before the show started, I said to Todd, I'm having, I'm really off my game today, so I hope it doesn't come out in the show. 
And thankfully, it hasn't yet, (laughs) except for the fact that I just called myself by the wrong name. I made a joke about how I smelled like yams and quit the joke in the middle and something else weird happened. Okay. I was sitting in my car. The Mariah Carey song that I purport to hate came on. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. Mm. Oh, no. Mm. I'm enjoying this. Who am I? I have made a name for myself as I've hung my hat, if you will. Mm. I have dined out on my hatred of this song. And here I am Mm. secretly enjoying it. What am I going to do? Who am I? Is this a midlife crisis? And then I thought, no, 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 no. It's because it's the first time I've heard it this season. Uh-huh. Give it give it three weeks, two weeks, one week. When I've heard it, when it's the 88th time I've heard it, or even the 15th time I've heard it, which is going to happen in like four days, then I'll loathe it. It's because it's fresh and new. Well, this is... So a beautiful thing. And here's what I think. I think you were probably like listening in the car and you weren't really paying attention to the radio. You had on K Big or whatever. And then it came on and you were just kind of like <laughs> toe tapping. You're like, oh, this is, you know, and not really thinking. And you hear like the sleigh bells. Yeah. And then it was oh, the no! bells that I liked. What, what is happening? That's, yeah. I, no, I was enjoying, yeah, those, the, the, the bells, the bells. They the bells and the music sounds good, and then I I looked at the screen, and it said Mariah Carey, and it was just I mean I let out a blood curdling scream. It was my soul leaving my body. Uh, you know I really like this development you've had. You know, um, but now it's now I feel like I can't like it. Like now I got to be tired of it. <laughs> Because I, you're right, you can't like I can't it. live in this world, you know. Yeah. Uh, where... I know. I know, Todd. I don't know what happens now. And now, the Wednesday Adams of Upworthy, <laughs> Allison Rose. Why in the world we even chose her for this show remains to be seen. Take it away, Princess of Darkness. Children, what are you doing? I'm going to electrocute him. Oh my god, that is so good. Oh, it's amazing. Especially because you know my son is obsessed with the Adams family. So really this works on multiple levels. I mean it Thank you. I've never felt more celebrated. Well it's just a way to take the sting out for the new listeners that don't know that you know that understand we're listening to the upworthy show it's all going to be just positivity right. and they get that from me you know and then <laughs> the king of good news and then yeah. by the eighth time during a show where you go eh, this may not be upworthy but or you you mm. bring up the downside to something um well todd yes uh perhaps you've experienced this phenomenon that the majority of us have experienced where you wake up before your alarm goes off mm-hmm. And you might be thinking to yourself, why? Why does that happen? Uh, Well, I can tell you. It's because your body releases a protein called PER or PER. Would you imagine (laughs) that it's pronounced PER or PER? In your mind, how how do you think that one goes? PER. Okay. Let's call it PER. Uh, So PER plays a key role uh, in regulating our sleep-wake cycle and uh, so your body releases this, uh, this protein to, to save your body the shock of the, you know, abruptness of the alarm. And your body is like a very efficient machine. And each day that you do the sleep-wake cycle, it gets a little more efficient and it gets a little more used to the routine. Um, so it wants to, to uh, do the less stressful option, which is to get you up a little bit before the alarm oh. each day. Because it's a little more gradual and a little less like, ah, that's the, that's 
that's what your body thinks waking up to the alarm is. But if you have a body like mine, which today is not functioning very well at all, then it's like each day we're going to get up an extra hour before your alarm. And then pretty soon you're just barely sleeping. That could be part of my problem. Um, you know, yeah. This this reminds me of when we were talking about the thing with like peeing. Like if you go pee too often, then your body resets and thinks your bl- bladder is full when it yes. isn't. Like you start, start, you yes. start getting diminishing bad returns from it. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's that way. But the int- the crazy thing is that like, with for me when i wake up right before my alarm it's like i woke up like 10 seconds before the alarm like my body is like so dialed in that it caught it right there really and then i'm like well if my body's so dialed in why do i need the alarm can i just t- like mm-hmm. can i have like an inner clock going in in my brain at somebody be like 647 let's do it and then my body yeah. just do it is that possible could maybe michael jordan do that you know Right. Yeah, I you you wonder, but I wouldn't risk it. Occasionally, I will wake up like a minute before my alarm, but more often than not, and I think it has to do with some level of anxiety probably, mm. I wake up an hour before my alarm and then I go back to sleep and wake up 10 minutes later and then 10 minutes. I mean, it's just like a lot of waking up before my alarm because I'm afraid that I will sleep through my alarm, yeah. I think. That's a that's a- Do you ever do you sleep well before a flight? I never do. No, because same thing, because I've freaked out that I'm going to oversleep. And so I, yeah, I I, I don't sleep well before a flight. I had had one the other night where we don't have a doggy door in our house. Mm. So, but usually we make sure the dogs go to, go to the bathroom before bedtime. And then if, if they get up, then they'll, they'll let you know. But our new dog isn't really with the program. And it was like 5.15 in the morning the other day. And I, I heard the dog get up and leave the front, you know, leave the bedroom door. And I was thinking, he probably has to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe he'll come back in. And I'm sitting there bargaining with myself when I know what's happening. I know exactly what's yeah. happening. The dog mounted on my couch and just full bladdered on my uh, couch in my office. And then it's like my wife knew it was happening. I think maybe in her brain, mm-hmm. too, she was like, the dog's up. It's probably peeing on something. And I think we we're both yeah. thinking of going, hopefully she gets up. And right. and then I got it. Oh, yeah. You're, you're playing a game of chicken with your spouse yeah, to not get we're up. We're both pretending we're asleep, you know. Right. And then uh, so then I'm like, so then she goes, Todd, why don't you get up? I'm getting up regardless. Even if she gets up, she's telling me. And so I get out yeah. there and what do I see? It's just all pee and the dog looking guilty. And then, mm. so of course, you can't just let dog pee sit on your couch. So now I'm like scrubbing the couch at 5.15 in the morning. Then I didn't get back to sleep. It was just awful. It was just awful. But I got to know in my brain, if you think the dog's up to no good in the middle of the night, you got to get up and check on it or else it's gonna be, you're going to be in a world of pain, you know? Yes. And also, and I am curious, listeners write in. Has there ever been a situation where you think the dog's up to no good and you wake up and it turns out the dog is just like curled up in an adorable other location somewhere else in your house? Like, is the dog ever not up to no good? It's always. You know. The dog's always up to no good. Yeah, you know. One last point here. How is it that Amish people know when to get up in the morning? Well, they don't. They don't. Don't they just get up with the sun or the chickens or some, the excuse me, the roosters? Mm. But is that is that? I think they just get up with the sun. I don't think they're like today. I will get up at nine fifteen. All right. Now, now let's say it's eighteen fifty. It's the industrial right. revolution. Yeah, Young right. four-year-old Allison Rosen has to get up to go work in the factory. I'm not that old. How does she know? <laughs> What time it is? How did anybody in, you know, industrial England, was it like the town crier, like five o'clock and all's well, and then you got up? I mean, this is a great question. I do not know. Right. Does anybody? They had sundials at some point. But that's but... not going to help you in the morning, you know, and a sundial's yeah. not going to set off an alarm, you know. Right. Well, wait. They had... I mean, they had clocks and grandfather clocks and stuff. 
a long time ago. Okay, before the grandfather well, clock. But it, didn't they have, I mean, in 1850, they must have had clocks. Okay, who cares about the year, Allison? What I'm saying is there was a time before clocks. And you're, people so you're had asking to get about up time and do clocks. stuff, and how did they do it? How did they know? I think a sundial. Maybe they were just always late. I, I do not know. All hail Todd Perry, the king of good news. Save the king. <laughs> so, I'm sorry for yelling at you, Allison. I just got very frustrated because I thought you were being pedantic. No, I was. It's fine. Okay. All right. Carry on, king of good news. <laughs> 17 important life lessons shared by those who learned them the hard way. And uh, this was good. This is a great thing. A story that Upworthy put out this week written by Heather Wake because actually all the lessons were really good uh, and it was taken from a, a Reddit post where someone asked people to share their own life lessons they quote learn the hard way and the answers were varied but they all touched on something useful and I think that somebody could make I don't know like everything I need to know I learned in kindergarten or some kind of poster that like I want my kid to know all this stuff so he doesn't have to learn it the hard way but such is life, right? You're not gonna, you're not gonna listen yeah. to old, old dad, you know, bag of bolts, Perry over here. But uh, <laughs> I was so okay. Here's some good stuff. Uh, you tell me if you agree. Okay, uh, and and I think this is all stuff that m- I think most people put together by like our age, for the most part. Mm. I think people come to these realizations just at different points in their life. But by now, you should kind of have it down. Um, you can't fix other people, only yourself. Yes, this is a unfortunate, true thing. But it, but but it's, I wish you could fix other people. But it's freeing, though. Because once you realize... It is. You know. Was it like the Buddha said that the greatest happiness is knowing there is no happiness? Yes. It it it's free. It is freeing, but I think it comes. It's freeing, and it's a pain. It's painful to arrive at that realization, don't you think? Yes. The, the you go through pain to get there. Yes, that's hence why these are lessons yeah. learned the hard way. Yes, there you go. Next one is your fear of failure is worse than the failure itself. Take a chance. Yes. Now. Yes. Agreed. Yeah, I always think, like, is there anything I've, I mean, obviously I've failed, I fail many times in a given day, but has there been any failure that's just been horrible, that was just, mm-hmm. un, you know, and I think most things I've failed at is something out of an inkling that I may fail. So when the failure happened, it was like, oh, it wasn't that bad, I, was, I thought I was going to fail, you know? Right, right. Uh, nothing ever stays the same, no matter how hard you want it to be. Don't take it for granted. True. And that works in both ways. Like sometimes when things are crappy, like it's not going to stay that way, you know? Mm -hmm. If your gut is screaming at you that something is wrong, listen to it. Yep. Mm, Yes. Much like when my dog is up and out of the bed and it's going, (laughs) the dog is about to micturate all over your couch. And you're like, I think he's changed. I think that animal has changed. Mm-hmm. But right. Yes. Another. Yeah, and, and the. Oh, go ahead. No, no, please. Well, just, I was just gonna say, and the older you get, the more you can trust your gut because you've had more experiences, and there's you know more, more. Uh, there's more in in the gut computer to pull from. Yeah, the gut pewter. <laughs> uh, you will inevitably. Directly or indirectly hurt people in your life. Yes. Yes. And I feel like I'm I'm only like just accepting that. Yeah, I'm accepting the fact that sometimes you don't even think you're doing anything that's going to hurt somebody and something happens where somebody ends up getting hurt and you're like, oh, that was not what I intended. You know? Yes. Yeah, I mean, that's just being human. 
And this goes to a conversation Alice and I had previous to us hitting record here, and that's don't wait until the right time. For most things, there is mm. no right time. Yes, we were we were just talking about that. Yeah, we were talking about like my wife and I had the conversation about should we get another dog, and it was like there's never a right time to upend your life with bringing a, a wild animal into the house. You know, there's <laughs> you know there's never a perfect time to have a kid, right? There's never a perfect time to get married. There's never there's never mm-hmm. a perfect time to get a new job. There's never you know it's always just. When it's opportune, right? Not necessarily perfect, right? Um, and so that that was, you know, those just some of those in there. And then I was thinking, like, if I was to respond to this Reddit post, what would I add to that? Like some some mm-hmm. advice that I've learned along the way. And w- one of the things is, it's always there's it a Pete Townsend from the Who once said, "Either you get it right and the people show up, or you don't and nobody gives an f." You know, like... Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, and so, you know, if you're doing something creative and if it's good, you do it right, then you will find an audience or it, it will get the attention it needs. And But if you don't do it right, no one's going to apologize for your work. No one's going to go, well, mm-hmm. I think they were getting towards that or that, they, I think that's what they were going after. I'm going to give them another shot. It's just people just going to not listen to the next episode and not even think about it, you know? Right. So... I always, I always look at that. And I always think, okay, you know, it makes you maybe work a little harder. And then another thing was, most of this is creative stuff, but I, I'm a person who is creative. Uh, but another thing is, is understanding the emotional journey of creating anything great. And everything starts with, oh, this is a great idea. And it slowly gets harder and harder. And then you hit some problems which seem insurmountable. So you think, I'm never going to finish this. But then mm-hmm. once you slay the dragon in the bottom of that deep pit, then you come your, uh, your way out of it and you finish it. And previously in my life, I would come to that dark pit and then I'd bail on the idea, I'd bail on the project. But now I know mm-hmm. <laughs> everything, you're going to have to go through that pit no matter what. So once I find myself in the pit, I'm like, oh, I'm in the pit. Okay, cool. This is going to take two weeks and then I'll be out of the pit. Or whatever. And once you know the pit's there and not unique to that situation, then it's easier to slay that dragon and get through that difficulty, whether it's you've got writer's block on this thing or you don't know how to resolve this idea or Mm -hmm. um, you find it increasingly difficult to work with your co-host. Whatever. It's just, you're just going to get right through it. (laughs) Those are just hypothetical, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, I would like... A poster of 17 lessons learned the hard way about create creative projects or creativity from Todd Perry. Yeah, that's you should come up with these and just send it to me. I mean, you should publish it, you know, for the the world at large. But because I don't feel like I have that many of them to, to refer to for when the going gets tough. And I think that I would personally find that very helpful. See, you just need to ask me. You'd be like, I don't know. Going's getting tough right now, Todd. Give me some like sage advice from, you know, you're like, I want to talk to somebody who's failed many times. Well, you know, what have you learned? (laughs) I want to get advice from someone who's been way less successful in their creative fields than I have. Todd, what should I? (laughs) No, no, but I, yeah, for some, it's interesting. For some reason, I, I'm trying to think like what kind of pearls of wisdom. Maybe I'm just lacking in pearls of wisdom. There's not a lot of like pearls of wisdom. I, or maybe I'm just not able to think of them right now because as we've mentioned many times, my brain is like has not shown up today. But my smile has. Here it is right here. Yeah. I don't know what's right. Like again, I'm not on the ball today. But I feel like I don't, there, there's not a lot of... Uh, Pearls of wisdom I can turn to, Todd. Please send some over. Maybe you're just like the Mozart of podcasting. Like you were just born into doing it correctly and never had to learn a lesson, you know? Maybe. I guess. That must be it. <laughs> obviously, obviously, that's it. <laughs> Upworthy Weekly. Have you seen, perhaps you have seen, this hilarious song by Tom Wilson, an actor 
who is very recognizable uh, because he played Biff Tannen in uh, Back to the Future. And when people see him, they have many questions for him. And he turned it into a little song. And it is very amusing and arguably upworthy. And we have the audio. When I'm flying in a plane or I'm on the street, there's a lot of friendly people that I like to meet. They shake my hand but never ask my name, and they start asking questions that are always the same. Hey, what's Michael J. Fox like? He's nice. What's Christopher Lloyd like? Kinda quiet. What's Crispin Glover like? Unusual. Stop asking me the question. To the bar mitzvah of my nephew Josh Now I'm not Jewish but I like to nosh Put on my yarmulke, started to pray When the rabbi leaned over and I heard him say Hey, was that real manure? No it wasn't How was that DeLorean? A piece of garbage Do those hoverboards really fly? It's a movie Stop asking me the question Take your picture, come on, look mean Would you call my friend a butthead on his answering machine? Questions, questions fill my head I went to my doctor, my doctor said What does a key grip do? Set up lights What does the best boy do? Help the key grip What does a producer do? I don't know, stop asking me the question Do you all hang out together? No we don't How's Crispin Glover? I never talked to him. Back to the future for not happening. Stop asking me the question. Hey, who's the nicest famous guy? You know Adam Sandler. Who is the biggest jerk? Gary Busey. How much money do you make? More than you do. So stop asking me the question. That is brilliant. Uh, I. It makes me just wonder what life is like for people that are like him that have done something so iconic that everywhere they mm-hmm. go, no matter what they do, they have to hear about it. And I'm sure yeah. I'm sure there's days when I mean obviously when he's sitting in his hot tub and he's having champagne <laughs> and like I haven't worked in two years. Right. And I haven't had to. But actually he's act he's in tons of stuff. So he's obviously yeah. working. But there's a point where it's like if I walk out of the house and somebody asks me about, you know, Michael J. Fox again, I'm going to have to murder somebody, you know, or <laughs> right. or just imagine like if you're like, you know, like for a reference, if you're like Jimmy Walker, right, from Good Times, mm-hmm. pr- to this day probably has thirty people a day scream dynamite at him, yes, right, and it's got to be like, and, and that person who did it thinks they're the most clever person ever, that they're the first mm-hmm. that has gone up to him. Or... Right, right. Um, yeah, that's got to be horribly... Or, or like if you're Macaulay Culkin and you're like... he. I was mm-hmm. reading some something interview with him and he was saying that like around this time of year, he doesn't go out publicly because that movie... <laughs> Is on TV twenty four seven, and these people slapping their face and doing the ah, and the whole yes. thing. He's like, it's like it's just too much for me to be outside of the house during yes. this time of year because it's even whatever it is is heightened. It's at a fever pitch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I could imagine that that would be just crazy. Or like if you played in a band and you had one like massive hit that you have to play every show and you're right. on tour and it's like right. this is the 200th night i'm playing 8675309 and it's <laughs> like i hate that you know obviously again it's the reason why you have the nice pool but uh i'm like i i'm sort of of two minds about this cuz on the one hand as a human, I do understand it would get very annoying and you would feel like, oh my God, please stop essentially yelling free bird at me. On the other hand, it's like, but this is what made you famous. This is what, I don't know. Maybe I'm a little more of the mind of like, I understand that they would begin to feel annoyed and they would begin to feel sort of dehumanized by it. But I don't know. What do you think? I... I think that I would probably just I would I would keep living up to it and go ah you know it's not that bad could be worse I could have done nothing that yeah. anyone knows about in this world 
or was right. it was an interview with like Noel Gallagher from Oasis and they were mm-hmm. like, you've got to be tired of the song Wonderwall at this point. And he's like, huh, that made me a millionaire three times in the same week. I love that song, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So. Oh, that's a, actually a surprising attitude for for them. Because, Well, I'm basing this on how they were many, many years ago, but I think of them as like not having the most charitable attitude. No, I think that was the thing. I think it was because someone expected him to not have a charitable yeah. attitude. He gave them exactly right. what they weren't expecting because it's... Yeah. No, it was probably that's how they are. One of the funniest people on earth, actually, just in an interview. I don't really? think there's very few people funnier than Noel Gallagher. Yeah. But um, oh no, I I was thinking of Liam. Yeah, he'd be less charitable for real. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was just thinking that e- even though, like in my life, I haven't done anything like you know Biff Tannen. Um, from doing this show, actually, I do get a certain amount of you know people bugging me on the street. So I just had my kind of version mm-hmm. of this. What did they what did they say to you? When I'm flying in a plane or I'm on the street, there's always someone asking me to rate my week. They <laughs> shake my hand and never ask my name and start asking questions are always the same. What's Alan Rosen like Alison Rosen like? <laughs> Allison's Allison. What's Allison Rosen really like? I guess sort of what she'd like think, I guess. Know what she's really like. Don't look her in the eye. It's it's what I'm saying. Stop asking me the question. Stop asking me the question. When I'm out walking my dog or shopping at the store, folks are always asking me if I was better than the week before. They shake my hand and never ask my name. They start asking questions are always the same. What's Alison Rosen like? It's complicated. What's Alison Rosen really like? You you think I'm going to tell you the whole thing? What's Alison Rosen really like? Can't you read between the lines, buddy? Stop asking all the questions. Stop asking all the questions. Stop asking me the question about Alice Rosen. <laughs> I love it. That was wonderful. My name has really taken on some wonderful permutations today. Alan, Alice. I, I just think that when, when Allison is r- walking down the street, people keep just screaming at her, hey, go F yourself from uh, her podcast, maybe. That's that's that's, that's right. your catchphrase. That's my catchphrase. Well, what's funny is is actually from the other podcast that I was on. Mm. It was zip it. I don't even know if I can say the if I can use the euphemism for the other word no. on this one. No, I don't. We and can't I even won't. get near it. We can't no. like. So I'll just, it was just zip it, bad word. And so that is what people say to me often. Um, but people who are not familiar with that being something that was said a lot, that like my sign off on that other podcast are like, what? So that's a whole thing. <laughs> that'll, that'll be great one day when you're like going into, you know, get some the ground yeah no not quite not <laughs> when they're burying me good for her head but like you and your sons are going out to eat and the waiter's like allison rosen you know this he sees your credit card and it's like zip it yeah yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> i know and then elliot would be like what yeah <laughs> yeah there's got to be certain discussions that certain celebrities have to have with their kids before some stuff you know like, right right Kids, we need to have a little discussion about things. When I was younger, I was in a rap group called the Two Live Crew. And <laughs> some things, we said some things, it wasn't quite, you know. Uh, it, it was like, we reading some interview with like Mike D of the Beastie Boys was like, you know, some of the stuff mm-hmm. we put out, you know, is a little rude, you know. And so he had to <laughs> talk to his kids about it. It was like, look, you know, back when I was a snotty punk kid, we said some things. And then he was like, ah, my kids... My kids don't even care because they don't even listen to my music. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Upworthy Weekly. All right. Mom shares touching post about how friendships change in your 30s and 40s. 
And uh, I shared this on Upworthy this week. I saw it out on Facebook because I think it taught a pretty good lesson. And that's that as you get older, obviously, the types of friendships you have change or, you know, your your, your friendships change a bit because, you know, you got kids and uh, marriage and, and all those things. But the, But that doesn't mean that the friendship is less valuable. Because it's just about something different now. And I think for me, at a certain point, it was like, wait, me and, you know, so-and-so aren't going out and having big nights and staying up till three in the morning and going clubbing and vomiting on each other anymore. Gee, we're just not friends like we used to be, right? <laughs> you know, but it was like... The, oh, the good times are gone. Yeah, and who knows <laughs> if that was a good time, but... Right, and you so you start thinking that you're like, oh, we're tamer, whatever, you know, just because we're naturally healthy people. But, but I started, I, I kind of equated that with like less wild means less quality of a friendship in a weird way. But that's because I have a mm-hmm. Peter Pan thing in me, right? But, but now right. I, I've realized I was like, no, being able to sit and chill and not have have to be wild is fine for a friendship, and to not define it by, you know, crazy times last night. So, and then also I was thinking that in a way when you're, you know, in your 20s and you have all the time in the world, you actually don't value your friendships in the way that when you get older, and now because time is a little more of the essence, you're like, I chose to spend my time with this person, you know? And when you're with those people that you love that are your close friends, it is it's almost more meaningful and more rewarding because you really appreciate it maybe in a way you didn't before. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I think that when you're younger, it's sort of like, and I've actually, <clears throat> I don't know if this is going to seem uh, complimentary or not, but this is the first time I'm saying this thought. Cause I just had this thought. You're getting a fresh thought, Todd mm. F- straight off. This one's straight off the dome. Just coming right at right. Just, Boom. Just had mm. it. Brand new. Uh, when you're younger, it's like your friends are your classmates. They're just, you know, the people that you're sort of required to be around all the time anyway. Whereas when you're our age, you're really going out of your way to make time to be with them. Yeah. It is a whole thing. Yeah. And so it really is meaningful. Yeah. Yeah, that one, there was a lot of build up to that thought. And then it turned out to just be kind of so-so. But it felt like it was going to be something really deep. Mm. Well, you know, you're off today. We'll see what we'll see what happens next time. I'm so off. I really am. That was, you know what? It, that was like the first pancake. Yeah. Just got to th- like that thought goes in the trash, but the next one could be the, a perfect pancake thought. Right, okay. Who knows? Well, I'm, I'll be I'll be waiting for it. Well, um, yeah. And so will the audience. I'll let you know. <laughs> so the uh, the gal, her name was I believe Amy Weatherly, and she wrote. Now, she's from Texas, so I could do the Texas accent, or I could not. Oh, my God. Do, do I get to choose? Yeah. Do it. Friendship looks a little... Oh, too- boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Maybe I won't. I mean, it's I 100% insulting, probably, but it's very amusing. Maybe I won't do that. Okay. Uh, Friendship looks a little different in your 30s and 40s than it used to. Now it looks like hanging out together on the bleachers of a baseball game. Now it looks like half conversations at birthday parties that keep getting interrupted by screaming kids. This, this, that I've had many a time where it's like, oh, I finally see my buddy and we're sitting there gabbing and then it's like, "Ah!" you know, like, just wait, (laughs) like we're getting into something here. Uh, Now it looks like, was that really five years ago? Seems like yesterday. Like, mm. now it looks like hiding in your closet for a three-minute conversation on the phone. And that was actually, yeah, last night, a buddy of mine called. I hadn't talked to him in a bit. And I, like, ran out to my studio here and was sitting in the, you know, having the conversation. <laughs> uh, now it looks like, girl, I know. I've been there, too. And it is so hard. I'm here for you. Do you say that to your friends? Yeah. Girl. <laughs> girl um and now and now it looks like i'm coming over for coffee tomorrow and i have a box of donuts i really want to see you does that work i can even help you do laundry that's so sweet Mm. 
I don't think my friendships look like that. I've never had it. One of no. my buddies or any one of my female friends. Uh, hey, do you want me to do your laundry? laundry? Now it look. I haven't either. Good. Yeah. And now it looks like I'm not free till 2026. Because yeah, that happens sometimes. Mm. And now it looks like I miss you and meaning it with your whole heart. Oh. Beautiful. It's funny. My buddy, Steve, who was the best man at my wedding, he was texting with me. And he told me the other day, he said, I've found a new best friend. Oh. Oh, yeah. And then he just Ouch. He let the text hang. Like it was like ten minutes. I'm walking through Stater Brothers, and I keep looking at my phone. Nothing, right. nothing, nothing. So I said, "Who is it?" You know, you're begging the question. And he said, "Yeah." He said, uh, "Vince Vaughn." Oh. And I said, "What?" And yeah, what does that mean? And my buddy, he it's not like he's like a Hollywood type. He works for like the government. Mm-hmm. And he was like, "Yeah, you go, you go, yeah." <laughs> Vince Vaughn is my new best friend. I said, "What happened?" He goes, "Uh." My my his daughter plays volleyball, and he's like, I was at some volleyball tournament thing in Carson, and Vince Vaughn was sitting right next to me because his daughter was in volleyball. And he goes, and I just sat with him for forty five minutes. And he's like, we had the most delightful conversation. He's like, I think he really liked me, and uh, oh. and I was like, well, what'd you talk about with Vince Vaughn? Like thinking, <laughs> right? Like, volleyball, and I'm like, well, I don't know about volleyball. I don't know if I could be friends with Vince Vaughn. Yeah. And it was like that in old timey Hollywood. He just would talk about old timey Hollywood stuff the whole time. And I was like, Are you going to see him again? That's what I, that was my first question. Um, and he doesn't know. Did they exchange contact? He doesn't I don't know. Think Did so. they exchange contact info? I don't think. Well, the thing is, I think you can't ask Vince Vaughn for his phone number. He's got to ask you no. kind of thing. Yeah. So, but if their daughters do volleyball together, then like Vince Vaughn knows how to get in touch with them. Yeah. Yeah. I think if Vince Vaughn wants to get in touch with Steve, then he can. So we're, we're holding out, you know. Yeah. It's time to rate your week. Have something great happen this week that you just have to share with the world? Tell us about it by emailing us at upworthyweekly at upworthy.com. Now, Allison, on a scale of one through five, one being completely Mm. terrible and five being completely amazing, rate your week. I'm going to give this week a four. Oh, wow. Yeah. No, sorry, sorry, sorry. I just downgraded to 3.5. Oh. Yeah. Boy. This week has been weird. This has been a weird, hazy week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. but I'm having trouble figuring out how to rate this week. To give it a four feels like I'm saying like, this was a great week. But to, uh, so I feel like it's more 3.5. This has been a confusing week for me. Um, I have been out and about a lot more than I normally do Um, on... Saturday, I went down to see my parents, and my sister and her family went down there too. And all the the my two kids and her two kids got to play together, and they the the cousins love each other. They love playing together, and it's very sweet and cute. Got to see my dad, um, so that was very sweet. And then on Sunday, I watched my sister's kids um, for a couple hours, so they got to play together again. That was in like in te- uh, a long day for me. Um, and then on Monday, I went down and visited my parents again. Again, my dad's like recovering yeah. from his stay in the hospital. Yeah. So I've just been like, I need to make more time to go down there. Um, and then Wednesday, Daniel and I went to a screening, which is we don't normally do stuff like that, uh, i.e. leave the house, yeah. go to events. <laughs> so we did that. And then I went down to my parents again yesterday. I think my dad's like, what's going on? <laughs> like, you are never here. And I'm just like, um, I know. I've decided that I need to. Uh, well, I'll here. I'll just, I'll, I'll share. I used to be very close with my dad. Um, and we used to like have these heart to hearts all the time. I have sort of a complicated relationship with, um, with my parents, but like, 
my dad and I did used to have a lot of heart to hearts and then a lot of stuff happened and, you know, I got married and I had kids and like everyone who I think has complicated relationships with their parents, there's, you know, just a lot of stuff came up and, but also I was like busy and I just allowed this kind of distance to grow between us. Mm -hmm. But then also he doesn't hear that well and just like actually logistically it's because he doesn't hear that well it's kind of like difficult to talk to him and then um when he was in the hospital I was just like very freaked out about like if I just don't I don't want this to be how it goes yeah um so I have uh decided like I am going to see if I can like reconnect with him yeah and it feels like a project. That's good. So that's my project. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I can, but I'm trying. Um, but I, yeah. I mean, I think he's happy to have me around, but I think he's also like, are you, how how worried are you that I'm like about to die? Yeah. <laughs> right. And I and I and I'm a and I'm a little bit like, I don't know. Are you? Are you? <laughs> you know? You tell me, right? Um. Yeah, but I mean, he does. Yeah. Uh, no one knows. So, um, anyway, so that's what's going on. And I think that's a little bit why I'm also like, I mean, it's just, it's just, it's a, it's, it's a lot of driving back and forth. It's been a lot this week. So I think that's part of why I feel like I'm like, what, what the heck is going on? That was a very long way of saying 3.5. And I think I am a better person because, uh, uh for all the reasons I just mentioned, uh, I was about I was about to, to say like, that. That sounds like a better person. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Only a better person does that kind of stuff. <laughs> uh, and what about you, Todd? On a scale of one to five, one being just horrible, five being amazing. How was your week? Once again, we're twinsies. Uh, I had a three point five week, an above average week. Uh, it was uh, la- on Sunday. I went to the Breakfast with the Beatles brunch with my wife oh, wow. in uh, Seal Beach, and it's where Chris Carter, who does Breakfast with the Beatles on ninety-five five KLOS, uh, does his show live. And I used to work with Chris for quite some time at KLSX, and I was always helping him out with his show and everything. So it was cool to see him briefly and reconnect and be like, Chris, remember me, Todd? Remember Beetle Todd from the KLSX days? (laughs) He's like, oh, yeah, Todd. It's good good to see you, you know. Up next, George Harrison. No. uh, And so, yeah, had a a great uh, brunch. It was, I had a lot of champagne, Allison. I had one of those walking out, threw my wife the keys, said, you're taking us home. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, that's smart. Yeah. Good. You know, so yeah, it was a it was a lot of fun. That was cool. So uh that that made my week to to reconnect with a, a guy that I, I yeah. worked with a long time ago and to have a lot of bacon while listening to Paul McCartney is a is a good morning. So mm-hmm. that was good. That sounds great. Are you a better person? Uh, no, because I was kind of mean to my child this week. Oh no. Um, I mean I wasn't like Daniel Plainview. I wasn't like I'm abandoned but like mm. I uh, we're, we're watching Star Wars I put on like the episode 4 the 1977 Star Wars film and I put that on and I was like okay we're gonna sit down and now you've seen fragments of Star Wars we're just gonna watch them all in the order they were made and so we came to like the, the creature cantina part where they're you know they're in the bar and there's a whole bunch of like scary looking aliens and my son is afraid of aliens like legit fear, you know, and and I then I always say like if you're afraid, you're more likely to get abducted, you know. But you say this to him? No, no, I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> okay, good. Watch your. I can't tell. Watch your window. I should just put like a little alien head, like and put it by his window. Oh and my god! But yeah. So he was like. Dad, this is gonna give me nightmares, and I was like, "It's fine." Mm. I watched this when I was like four. It's it's, but it was the seventies, and people were raised differently. And my yeah, so he was like, "Let the listener know my eyes are closed, and I am shaking my head back and forth in judgment. Like, I am judging what is happening. This this is what Daniel has to put up with, uh, and he is not doing well." with it 
he prays for the sweet release of an anvil. Oh, yeah, I. So you know, and then I was just kind of like, hey, you know, what what better thing to have a nightmare about than Star Wars, right? And then that, that oh it was, my, I was being so terrible. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So that was bad. Was it? Was it just that you just didn't you wanted to watch it, or were you just like, "Come on, kid, get over it," or what was it? Yeah, I think it was that. It was like, "Come on, kid, get over it." You need that. You're at the age now where you need to be completely like suck it up, fluent in Star Wars, right? Oh, you, you've I got see. to at this point in your life, and it's going to bring you a lot of joy. If maybe the Walrus Headman is, you know, scary to you, just power mm. through it. But I know that. And children's psyches don't work that way. And I knew I was being bad yeah. and I knew I was being wrong, but I don't know. I just I just did the wrong thing on purpose. Well, that's very insightful of you. Although in self-help program, not self-help, in 12-step programs, they say self-knowledge avails us nothing or something like that i think i've just uh butchered it they say something like that but i don't i don't necessarily agree with that um uh well so did he have nightmares not yet not yet did you apologize to him no i didn't does your does your wife know she was there for it and i think she saw what was happening and she was uh she was smart to stay quiet i'll tell you that you know why what would have happened no, I'm just saying because she was getting in between me and my son and Star Wars. This is a sacred bond. Oh, I see. You know, I when they have their thing, whatever their thing is, I don't know how they relate. But if they have their thing, then I'm I'm not going to touch it either. But it just 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 needed to happen. So yeah, it's this. It's real. This is a real dicey area i will say not the star wars of it all because i don't i don't have a star warsy thing there's not a star wars situation in our house but like the sort of father son feeling the need to somehow toughen up a boy for this i don't know how much this is playing into your situation but i know that there is like a little bit of discussion of this in our house. I haven't seen it put it like put into effect yet, but just I know that it's like a concern of Daniel's is like we have very sweet boys. The world is not a kind place. Do we need to somehow toughen them up? What does that look like? Mm. It's not us. We know we obviously like we don't toughen them up, but like how do we prepare them for a world that is not kind? Like, you know, just like that whole thing versus like, whereas I'm just like, we're just sweet people. Let's just see how that goes, you know, to it to some degree that I don't know. Yeah, I think they're there. Whereas like I just I'm I'm just like the answer is always compassion. Obviously, there's limits to that. But, you know, I just. I feel like you can't. I, I I I see all the sides of it. I don't know. There was a okay. There was a little bit of positive masculinity and a little bit right. of toxic masculinity going on yeah. simultaneously. And mm. um, I still don't know. Maybe this makes me a better person for toughening up my son and making him look at some some disturbing images and seeing a guy get his arm cut off in Star Wars, but. Mm. You know, I mean, I don't think so, but it sounds like it turned out okay. Actually, it sounds like maybe. I mean, here's the thing: sometimes little kids, they think they can't handle things they can handle. Yes. So you know, you do sometimes with little kids, you do need to you know push them a little bit out of their comfort zone. Like Elliot, most mornings doesn't want to go to school, but he actually or doesn't want to go to soccer. Or, you know. And he doesn't get to call the shots because he's five. Right. And once he's at school, he likes it. Once he's at soccer, he likes it. So I don't know. I'd like to thank everybody for listening to the Upworthy Weekly Podcast. I'd like to thank Allison Rosen for just powering through it and you putting pushing her hazy mind to the limit and still coming through on today's show. Well, I would like to thank you for putting up with me being just 
not the best version of myself. Maybe I'll come back extra strong next week. Let's hope. Upworthy Weekly was produced by Todd Perry. Follow Upworthy on all socials at Upworthy. Allison is on Twitter at Allison Rosen. And Todd at Todd A. Perry. That's Todd with one D. Questions, comments, or to tell us about your amazing week, email us at upworthyweekly at upworthy.com. I'm Marley Balin. Have a great week.